Passion, drive, and patience. That's the formula for winning championships and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They have superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, they've got it all ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins let's keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chase Elliott fans, let's hold hands. We are going, we're going to unite and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to will this thing to happen. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey guys, welcome to Actions Detrimental from New Hampshire, right off the racetrack. Here it is. Uh, what do we got? Uh, three hours. Uh, we're about four hours from the end of the race ish um coming in hot voice might sound a little dehydrated that's because it is um had a long week uh we talked about it last week uh, about kind of what i had going on last week but it was uh i was in the car a lot in a race car a lot but we do uh, we do have a trophy here on the desk anytime we win we're gonna have our trophy here so the srx uh trophy was uh pretty badass i saw it online and i'm like ooh. It's got lights. I, I want that trophy. Yeah, I don't know if people can see it on camera because like all of our studio lights here. But yes, the sh- the tower is lit up. It's like a nightlight, and you can adjust it on the bottom, right? I know you were actually using it for your nightlight on the plane. You had your feet <laughs> oh, yeah. kicked up. <laughs> yeah. I got a picture of you uh, with your feet kicked up on the plane, trophy in front of you, giving you a nice uh, ambiance. But um, yeah, I, we had a tire test at Tal- uh, Texas um, on. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. It was so flipping hot there. I mean, wow. It was uh, really hot. We got a little bit of rain on day one. So um, I ran a couple laps early in the morning. When I say early in the morning, I guess uh, he told me to be there by 6.45 or 7. I was there somewhere in that neighborhood. Ran like 10 laps. We had had rain. Didn't get going again to about 9.30, but it was hot. We extended it till 3.30. Uh, we're working on a, a tire for Texas. Goodyear wants to change the tire, uh, make it more durable. There, if you remember last year during the whole, remember the Alex Bowman wreck where everyone who was out front kept blowing tires, they want to. They wanted to make a more durable tire um, that, that 
whenever I hear durable, I I like cringe a little bit. Like, oh boy, don't make it harder, stiffer. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it is different. Uh, I ran the control tire. The control tire is the tire that we ran last year, and then we switched over to the new tire that they like, um, and um, it, it drove different for sure. Um, and then they came with another option um, that uh, actually took a little bit of right side grip away that that I seem to like a, a little bit uh, as far as how the car drives. I, you know, it's very difficult as a driver because you always want to you want to tell them what is best for racing or your series. And and a lot of times, you know, that's why Goodyear hears so many different things from drivers when they if you had 10 guys at a tire test you would have 10 different opinions of probably what we should be racing right it's it's very hard at times to not be biased about well you know this is what might made my car run good versus you know another tire that is probably better for racing that maybe your car didn't adapt to as well but the teams can catch up pretty quickly so I'm curious. I'm I'm curious overall about these tire tests. What what like when you leave the track? What constitutes a successful test? Uh, for the team or for Goodyear? Well, both, right? Aren't aren't we all looking for the the same thing? Aren't we all trying to mm, achieve the same goal? Not necessarily. No, as a team, we're looking for any. Um, we're we're trying to collect data. That's pretty much what we're doing. Is that uh, you know we're trying to collect information that the engineers can go back at Joe. Joe Gibbs Racing, and then study a bunch of squiggly lines on a computer to figure out what we need to go back there to be fast. Okay. So, so I'm asking then yep. more so for Goodyear. Cause it, okay. Because we, we want the racing to be better. I think really right? Goodyear probably has an idea in their head before the test even starts that this is what we want to run. Like It's more of a confirmation text, test. So it's basically as long as your car didn't do something crazy, um, they they come up with a different mold or a new construction, which the new tire will be a new construction. It's a more durable construction that uh, they feel better about as far as how long the tire will last. And, you know, we abused them last year. We ran the air pressures way too low at Texas. Uh, we were running on the bump stops. All the cars were. Um, so that they really put Goodyear in a very tough spot. The teams did because of the platform of this car wants the back of the car to be down because of the aero platform it was built on, you know, so we're running on the shocks and it's just, it's just pounding that tire into the ground and it's beating it up. Well, I'm asking because you have a handful of these tire tests every year at different tracks, right? We do. Yep. And we're still going to come into this episode, at least a little later on and talk about tires and how yeah. they weren't the best. So it doesn't seem well, like we don't know. I mean, it's, is is what they had last year, but we don't know, right? I, the goal, I mean, I know that they were pretty excited about the the Loudon tire because they felt like, hey, this is as, as aggressive as we've been in X amount of time and making a tire softer or giving you more grip. Um, the fall-off was the same. Uh, I, I went, I made sure before I logged on here, I, I went back and looked at previous years. It was the same. Um, you know, nothing changed. We were a little bit slower on the front end. A lot of that had to do because of the aerodynamic package, the sh new short track package that NASCAR implemented with, um, you know, the underneath is a little different. The spoiler is shorter. Um, that is, that will wear tires less anyway than the higher downforce package that we run on the mile and a half. Um, so it's, 
I, I don't know what a success is as far as this weekend goes. Um, I, I don't think it mattered what tire you had. Martin Truex was going to go out there and dominate. Well, about, well, like, before we get to New Hampshire, the, the, the Texas. Yep. Like, should we be looking for – what I'm trying to get to is, should we be looking forward to the next Texas race based on – what you did on Tuesday, Wednesday. I, it won't be any changes as far as racing is concerned. Uh, the race was going to be the same. The tire fall off was the exact same at the tire test from the control tire, the baseline tire that we ran last year to what we're going to run this year. Um, it's the same. There, there was no different. It was more just of a, a feel difference. The speeds were relatively close. So nothing earth shattering there for sure. Okay. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, I did have some really good conversations with Goodyear about, you know, the challenges that they have. Uh, I, I talked about, you know, what what can we do to make them better? You know, what are the challenges that they have to just putting a softer tire? You know, back when we had Gen 6 cars, um, they were seeing outrageous um, uh, temperatures in the tire. So when we went to, uh, let's call it Michigan, they would see on the shoulder of the tire – you know, 310 degrees. I mean, that that's what melts beads. That's what causes blowouts. With the next-gen car, there's just less load in. A lot of it is because these cars have, so, you know, downforce level is so much lower than what it was in the previous generation car that we don't have the air pushing down on these cars like we did in the previous generation. So we're not getting the heat in the tires that we used to. Therefore, Goodyear now has to... Rewind the clock and go back and say, okay, how can we tiptoe back into getting more aggressive? Right? They don't want to just come and and next thing you know, you have an indie situation where um, they we blow out tires every ten laps. You know, a lot of that was because the track got levigated and and we didn't have a tire test. Um, so there's there's different things that they can do to get heat back in the tire. Um, I personally think that if they made the tire thicker, so added more rubber to it, that would add more heat. More heat would make the tire wear more. So you don't necessarily have to go to a super soft compound. I think that's part of the equation is making the compound softer itself. Um, I don't know what the tire was today, but I mean, guys that stayed out on 35 lap tires ran just as fast as, I know that I ran my fastest laps uh, before those cautions came at the end, I ran, um, I don't know, 31, 30s on when I went out after the pit stop, you know. And then by the end of the run, I was running 31 teens. So I kept getting faster as the run went on. So it's just, um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's so different because when they tire test, there's just a few cars out there. They're not going to get all the rubber. So it, they're going to be more apprehensive to um, – being aggressive, but we still got to keep chipping away at this thing. So going back to the gauge of the tire, they said they can increase back in the day. They used to have to cut the amount of tread down. These cars have no tread. They're, they're slicks, but the amount of rubber that's on the tire, the, the, the least amount of rubber they have, the more heat it cuts out of the tire. So that's what they did to fix Michigan and whatnot back in the day, or, you know, probably four or five years ago. Um, they can add those that gauge back. They can add the rubber back, so then you can get a softer tire, and then it it produces more heat because there's more rubber creating the heat. Then hopefully it wears. But again, this is a, I mean, this is like asking for more horsepower. This is going to take a really long time to 
get right. How, how much feedback are you giving your team to make your car faster versus Goodyear and NASCAR to make rate Well, I mean, better? as a team, we're, we're going to just do whatever's, you know, we know that everyone's got the same tires on their race car that we did this weekend. It's just who can optimize it the best, who can hit the setup, who can uh, drive it the best. I mean, all those things play a factor. Behind the scenes is where, you know, when the drivers meet with, you know, NASCAR Goodyear, that's when we had those conversations of, hey, you know, what is in the, what's coming up for us? What are we working on? Uh, I know, you know I spoke with the Goodyear guys and they said that in Bristol, they got some ideas on how to make um, the Bristol tire better. So these are all good things that are in the works that are coming for us. So you go from the tire test on Tuesday, Wednesday, hop on a plane on Thursday afternoon, head up to SRX. Well, after I went in the sim on Thursday morning, uh, I went at, you know, like 7 a.m. or something like that to to the sim, then went straight. Uh, I had a meeting at the shop um, from the sim, went straight to the shop, had a meeting for an hour, then went straight to uh, SRX and uh, spent most of the evening there. We didn't get back till late. 3:30. Yeah, it was late. It was late. <laughs> it, it was, was a good it was a it was a good yeah. night though. It was it was an entertaining day. It felt loose. It felt the whole felt loose. Felt very, yeah. yeah. It definitely wasn't you know, it wasn't you know, the drivers aren't as serious, you right. know. Yeah, you know, they're probably not thinking about points like, you know, whatever. Um but yeah, it was, you know, I I was happy because, you know, I had a few fellow cup drivers there in Harvick and and Keselowski that you, know, you kind of gauge yourself off of. It's very difficult because some of these guys that are that are retired in IndyCar or Cup, like it's you know they're just doing this part time. They're not in the grind every single week. And and when if you sit out of a car for just a few weeks, you can quickly find yourself off the pace pretty quickly. But I was actually pretty shocked how up to speed everyone was. The field was so tight on time, even in practice when you know quite a few of us had never run there before. But uh, it was it was fun. It, it really was. Um, the cars were very challenging to drive. I mean, it was, it, it made it interesting to, you know, work on, it was, I had to change my technique so many times during the course of that race to like fit what the car was doing that, you know, I enjoyed that part of it for sure. You brought up, uh, wheels and, and gay part to help you. And I guess you inherited <laughs> yeah. Freddie once you got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we showed up and I'm thinking, you know, surely we'll be able to take this car and, you know, turn some wedge bolts or, you know, work on air pressure or something. No, like, like right from the get go, they're like, no, if we make one change on a car, all the cars get it. You know, so before the race. So we were really tight uh, in practice. All the cars were. So they made the same adjustment to all the cars before the heat races. Um, and then after, before the main um, they said, you know, you're able to take your air pressures, uh, up, um, up or down two pounds on the right and one pound on the left. And they, they monitored all that. They, you know, they their team of guys is the ones that did the air pressure. They, they knew better than to let, you know, our crew chiefs or, or me have an air gauge cause we're, we're going to just keep going with it. But, uh, so those guys did it. And then, um, you know, I kept asking for, you know, more wedge, you know, they let you do wedge if you wanted to, um, you know, uh, in the right side, uh, springs. So literally you could take like one round out or one round in, it was very, very small. All the cars were 
like I say, from practice, it showed that they were all pretty equal. I had a couple of people come up to me, I guess it would have been after the both heat races and said, wow, this is really cool. I've never seen Denny work on his own car before. <laughs> well, well, we share. So we, you know, the, at SRX, they had a, you know, you get assigned a crew chief and then you have like probably two, two guys really to work on the car, maybe three, but you're sharing them it's you and three other drivers have the same one crew chief and the same two or three crew guys. So there was more damage on the, you know, on the cars that my crew chief, the other guys that he had. So they're fixing stuff. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like we clock sticking, we got to fix this thing. So yeah, I, I just try to straighten some fender braces out and whatnot. I thought I had a steering issue, uh, but it looked like the right front tire um, was getting hung on the fender there uh, after it got beat in. I, I tell you, it's um, it's rough. That's rough racing. Like they they don't have any spotters. And and you from TV when you look at it, you're like these guys are just plowing into each other and like not paying attention to who's inside. I'll be honest, you can't see anything in those cars. They're so wide that usually if you have a left side mirror. You can see the left side because your door, you know, wherever your mirror is, it's flush with the side of the car. Well, these cars are like, have like 10 inches worth of width extra on each side. So you can't see, you cannot see anything and you have no spotters. And so my only recommendation <laughs> was like, hey, I think y'all are wrecking too much. You would wreck less stuff. I, they might want wrecks. I'm not sure, but... I don't know what it cost them to fix these cars, but if they had spotters, they probably wouldn't tear up as many. And I guess without having a spotter, you also don't know where someone else is maybe better than you at or where you can be better. No, yeah, right? yeah you, you, have no, you have no data. <laughs> no data. <laughs> yeah, you you have a mirror that, you know, you can see guys when they're getting close and whatnot and uh, when you need to, you know, hit the hit the pedal. But, um, yeah, you, you don't know. Uh, you got, they have two radios. They turn them on simultaneously. So that's why they, you couldn't hear me in the post race when they were, when Joey Logano was calling in and I was in the car driving to victory lane It's because race control was talking. Well, if you have two radios on and they're, you know, you, one group is talking to you in this ear and the other is talking to you in this ear. If you go to key the mic and they're still talking, you hear all that crazy stuff. So I, I, sh I was trying to turn off the race control uh, but that's basically how it works is that uh, race control has got to, you know, they're telling you the order in which you need to choose. Um, you got a big flashing yellow whenever the caution comes out, which I think that's a great thing that they should have in um, all series. Certainly ARCA for sure. They need to have the yellow, 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 like slow down. Um, but it was, um, it was fun. It, it definitely was fun. I appreciate Tony and Don Hawk and uh, all those guys for inviting me. Uh, to do it. Um, I, I certainly, when it moved to Thursday night, I was one of the first to, to call Don Hawk and, and tell him that uh, I wanted to participate. So thank them for that. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, are never say never. Are you going to go back this Thursday to uh, defend, no, no, defend to the title? Defend it? No. I think Brian Priest, uh, Brian Priest is running this week, right? Uh, yeah. I think he so. Travis gets thumbs up. So I, I like his chances. Um, I don't know if any other cup drivers are well, running that. Well, Brad's running full time. Oh, Brad's full time. Um, we can, I'm sure we can pull up the yeah. the list here. But yeah, there's a handful of cup drivers. Uh, Kenny Wallace, Clint, I think, is running Clint it too. Boyer. 
Shout out to Clint. Clint ran really well. Like, I, I thought that he, like, didn't miss a step. Now, if he goes in a cup car, it, like, it would take him forever to get reacclimated, and he's not run next gen except for a test. But, like, to stone cold get in there and run those things, I thought Clint did a awesome job. If, if all the cars are the same and they can't make too many different adjustments to each one without making the same adjustment to another, is SRX, like, the... Is it really just based on the skill level of the driver at that specific racetrack? Um, it plays a large factor for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you also I mean, had uh, tires that you had to manage, right? You, you, the tires that you used in mm -hmm. practice were the tires that you had to race on. Yeah, they, um, you did. And those cars have more horsepower than what our cars have. Um, so yeah, you definitely had to be kind of using both pedals efficiently. And, and I mean, that's kind of, what I grew up doing is is running short tracks like that. It, it really reminds me of Langley Speedway that I grew up racing on. So you'll see uh, Ryan Priest and uh, Daniel Suarez. Oh, cool! And then uh, former Greg Biffle's also in this week. Mm. Another name. Biffle be strong. He was there. Uh, I think he was given Newman and those guys a, a run for their minute last year. Newman was coming on strong at the end. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad it rained when it did. <laughs> I think I still had a little bit left in the tank, but uh, he was he was coming on strong at the end. Were you expecting that if he did get to you, he's just gonna move you out of the way? No, because that's kind of the yeah, no question. That's SRX thing. I did not, I I did not let anyone get within a couple car lengths. Like I just not gonna risk it. Not gonna risk getting knocked out of the way. That's for sure. But it was fun. All right, so we came back as you said. It was a late Thursday night. Friday, you had off completely? Did you just sleep all day? I didn't sleep all day, but I did sleep till 1230. That's pretty much all day. <laughs> I would consider that all day. I went to bed at 4 o'clock, Jared, I or 430. I understand. So That's all day. I, I, okay, well, I got in the proper sleep that I felt I needed. Um, what else did I do? I did something on Friday, I thought. Maybe not. Uh I just went went to the building, came back. So yeah, I didn't do much on Friday, um, and then Saturday we had we headed to uh, to New Hampshire for practice, and that was it. Then we sat in the rain on on uh, well, actually, Marcus Smith um, decided to put a pickleball court in the um, driver's lot. In the driver's lot. Thank you to Marcus uh, and his team for doing that. Uh, you got to. I was interested to see like who's going to come out here, right? And you know, I don't know who who plays, who doesn't. I play a little bit, as you know. Um, and it was cool because you had you know Joey there, Brad there, Blaney there, Bubba there, um, and it was fun watching everyone play because there's one court and there Ricky Stenhouse who was there, um, and then there's a few other guys as well. But you watch them and everyone's watching your court. So like, it's, it's pretty cool because there's not, a, you know, everyone's who's waiting. is just waiting, you know, watching your game. And so when there's a awesome shot or whatever, like there's always a, there's always a big, um, you know, kind of reaction, but it was fun to see. Um, I, I didn't expect a whole lot from the guys, you know, especially the new guys who, uh, were picking up a paddle for the first time. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Who brought their own paddle? N why are you asking that? Well, I I know. Oh, because you know. 
And you're no, no, trying to call me out. I don't, no, like I know that you did because I know you you knew that there was a court here. Yeah, before. Jeff, I, I saw in the, on the driver group chat that there was a pickleball court. Yeah, I know. So that I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, oh, nice. I'll bring my. Yeah, no, I'm generally asking like which drivers were prepared to play pickleball. Uh, we were just there being like, oh, I got nothing to do. I'll jump in on a game. Well, again, 80% of them had never played before. Okay. So, you know, they had paddles there, balls there and okay. everything. So, <clears throat> um. I, uh, yeah, it was, you saw Brad, Brad played, you could tell he has some tennis background. He played, uh, before his hand coordination was, is, I know that he got a bad rap on basketball, but I'll be honest with you. He's, he showed me a little more in pickleball, some athleticism. I didn't know he had in him. So, um, I, you know, I don't. I don't know if we should rank them. No, I was. That's my next question. You mean, if you could power rank the the drivers, man, it's really close. Now, Ricky had he said he had played about five years ago, and then I, you know, he'd come over the house and played. And Ricky's played here. He's played here, yeah. right? So he's and got Ricky's experience. Athletic. Um, so we we played till probably one a.m. or so. There was a lot of people playing till one a.m. on Saturday. We all knew it was going to rain. On Sunday, we knew we weren't racing. So I think if it was legit the night before, we weren't going to stay out that late, but they had lights. Um, so then we went to the indoor court. Um, Austin Dillon rented an indoor court um, that was not far from the track. Um, and so it was interesting. I got to play with and against everyone, I think. Um, me and Blaney cleaned house at the end of the night. Um on Saturday night. On Sunday, uh, I walk in, there's uh, Joey and Cindric, uh, Kyle Bush, Austin Dillon. If I had to rank them, Austin Dillon, definitely number one. Um, I'm not going to put myself on this list. Number two, um, man, they're all really close. So just to set it up, Joey has a, he plays ping pong, or I've seen him play. He can play. He can play really well. He took it up. Everyone took it up really, really quick. Uh, Kyle Bush was one I was I I didn't think he was going to be as good as he showed when when we played together. He I mean, he had a couple of, like digs that were really good. You didn't think he was going to get to them. Um, they were all pretty close. So I'm gonna say, gosh, it's really hard to say here, but uh, I'll go Austin Dillon. One, I'm actually going to go Blaney. Blaney, P2, then Ricky. Then I'm going to say Kyle Bush. Then I'll go... Um, mm, I'm going to say Brad. Brad made the biggest strides from when the first time he picked up a paddle to the end of the night, night that, one. He, he, he picked it up. Good, that's a good attribute. He picked it up pretty quickly. Again, he, he plays tennis, so it's it's very, very similar. Uh, then I'll say Joey, then Cindric. And, and where does Bubba fit in here? Because this is... Oh, all right. Bubba's yeah. going to go somewhere around Brad. Kyle and Brad. Somewhere in there. Todd Gillen was there. Gosh, I don't know. Here's the biggest problem with all this, Travis. We he, had... we ha I, That guy... He's got a motor. He, I evidently they took me and somebody out after a long wind streak. Uh, I'm gonna blame it on fatigue. 
these guys, by the way, I've listed no 40 year olds except for myself. So, you know, these guys, you know, they've at least got their original ACLs and they're not 40 years old. But Todd Gillen, um, he picked it up pretty quickly. Harrison Burton has some work to do. He does. I'm going to put him in. He's actually probably a little better than Austin Cindric. So I'm going to say Burton above Cindric. Cindric's in the basement. But, I, but I'll tell you, he embraces his bad. He yeah. really did. He showed up and like. Boots? So, so it was just him and Joey. In boots? No, but he did have a collared shirt on. That's just as bad. <laughs> he, he did. He did. He did have a collared shirt on. Uh, but he embra- like he had fun. Like when yeah. when me and my partner were playing with Joey and and him, like we did a little round robin. I wanted to play with Joey. I wanted to play with Cindric. I ended up playing with everyone. I played with Kyle. Played played with AD. Me again. Me and Blaney was a potent combination. Um, Ricky. We were planning on playing together more than what we actually did. We're, we're gonna have to circle back there. Um, I played with Joey quite a bit. Those guys, they're they're better once they learn the game and like their position of where they're supposed to be. Like on the court, sometimes like they need to be up at the line when they're 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 back. Yeah. Like they're they're gonna be pretty strong. I, I say we need to have courts at every track so we can uh continue to update this list. I would agree. Because Travis, here's the here's the issue I had with all this. And I take partial blame for this. I was in Eldora this night, so I didn't witness any of this, but it feels like a crime that there was not a single content. Why were you in Eldora? Uh, for a dirt race. Was there, who was there? Were you a big what, fan? What you took you? love dirt racing? What took oh, you there? I just love dirt racing. No, I was there with, uh, with Kyle Larson. Oh, interesting. Um, but as I was saying, no one said, no one told, as far as I'm aware, no one told their content guys that they were doing this because I know Bubba's as well. And he was like, man, we should have been, someone should have been out there capturing this. Yeah. He, uh, I actually saw in Bubba's story that he, he had, uh, he posted a little bit, but it was definitely not enough for sure. But I feel like that's our safe zone. Like, I don't know, you know, but be like, you don't want to, if someone's bad, you don't well, you know, be like TV shouldn't be out there rolling footage and, you know, cause Hey, listen, we're athletes, right? It's best to let people speculate. I want to know: Is there going to be a pickleball league in the future? Then you have the, your golf league. Could we see? There already is. Man, I got too much stuff going on. There already is. I might have rankings on some players <laughs> that come to the house and play, but um, yeah. Oh, one thing that came out of SRX weekend. I want y'all to look at this. Those that are listening on your, um, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, it's a shame. You need to go to YouTube. Jared Allen now has his own Travis hero is, card. Is dying. It's a shame that we didn't get to hand out more of these at the racetrack. Oh, Austin was was doing that. I saw a couple of them kind of like folded, like they were in someone's back pocket, Austin's ready. Back, Austin's back pocket. On the practice, yes, he was walking around with them. It's, and then apparently, it's getting out of hand. Apparently, somehow Freddie came up with a handful of these at the SRX race because he tweeted out that, you know, the SRX race was a little foggy for him, but he did find a bunch of these. I tell you what, here's what we'll do. We're going to read the back of uh, Jared's hero card. You, he did not do this. I I will say you did not do this yourself. This came from uh, a fan of yours, apparently Um, the show in Stafford. 
Uh, and he says that the minimum order he could put through was what, 250? He's like, so I've got 200 of these things that you guys can have, or 249. Yeah. Um, Jared, just sign one of them and give it back. Um, but yeah, so the back reads Jared Allen is a Charlotte 49ers alumni who is now a portrait and music photographer based in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can hear Jared every week on Actions Detrimental with Denny Hamlin. And you can see him around the number 11 FedEx Toyota Camry on race weekends taking pictures. It's fairly accurate. I, I feel like once we run out of these, we, we need to, what's your interests? What do you like? What's your favorite <laughs> yeah. meal? Birth, we need to have a, a proper get to know Jared Allen hero card. Okay, we can we can do that. I'm sure we'll run through these 200 fairly quickly if Austin's in charge of... Hey, I'm getting in the car. Fans over the across the racetrack through the fence. Jared, Jared, and I'm li- I'm putting my helmet on. Like, and I hear I'm, it. In my I head, hear it, and I look over you. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. In my head, Travis is like, there's no f- way Denny can hear this. <laughs> and he looks over. I I hear that. Yep, I heard it. So. Make sure you give number 560. And that's the thing. From the stands, you will be able to see this guy. He's got a big-ass number on his on his chest and on his back. says 560. So look for number 560. Continue to embarrass him because it works. It works. It <laughs> works. <laughs> All right. So let's talk racing. Great segue into New Hampshire. Um, Xfinity, we'll just do a little three-minute on that. Uh, John Hunter. Uh, pretty much whooped them there. Not a whole lot to to talk about. There was some crashes at the end that was yeah, you know, some guys got pinched in the wall, and then they um, there was a couple like with the Riley Herps where they just I think it was Austin Dillon and Riley where like Riley just came right up and um, pinched them, and these guys just were like, well, no, f- you, I'm not lifting and giving you the spot, so um, they. Uh, they pretty much just uh, held in the gas. And then at the end, it was Sheldon Creed and uh, Cole Custer. Same kind of thing. They got pinched. You see Cole Custer come off the corner a little sideways and get into the right rear. I, it wasn't – I didn't think it was egregious. People asked me on Twitter, where's the data? I'm like, <laughs> I thought y'all didn't want me – you know, first of all, I don't have – I don't get Xfinity data. So, you know, try again on that one. But, like – Make up y'all's mind. You you do you know, you do want me in this <laughs> or just, you don't. Like I mean, you can't pick and choose when it's convenient for you. Stop getting mad because you know someone made a bad decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, John Hunter fourth win of the season. Great for him and his team. They're they're racking up the playoff points. They're looking pretty good. They should be able to make it to the final four with as many playoff points as they've got. But. Um, the cup race, man, oh, man, Martin Truex just kicked our teeth in. That guy knows how to stink up a show. Yeah. What do you think um, Jeff Cluck's, was it a good race poll It's going to come out at? Mm. Oh, oh, hold on. I'll write down my answer right here. All right. I think uh, you want me a, a specific number, right? Like one number. No, yeah. I can't give you a range. No, a range? No. I think it's, all right, I'm going to go... 73%. I have 61%. 61%. 
Again, Martin Truex victories usually aren't very exciting ones because when he wins, he wins big. He's a 10-run baseball game. He's a three-touchdown football game. Just, I mean, he, he, he's, it was right from the first lap of practice. He just had the field cover. Why is that? A, he's really, really good. Really good. And when when they hit on it, I mean, we know what they have in their car, right? I mean, we we drive a we drive differently, so you know it's very hard to just cut and paste and say, well, surely if I ran exactly what he did, I'd have the same result. I, I wouldn't, first of all. Um, but man, they just—I don't know. When it's like when he has speed in practice, you can just count on him leading two hundred laps wherever we're at, like. It's just when they when they unload fast, they're fast the whole weekend. And um, I, I really can't tell you why that when they win, it's so dominating. But but it is right. Like there's, there's, there's not, not many another, like he wins on the last, you know, right. late race restart. Like there's that, just not that's, another driver where you get that that impression from. Right. That, oh, this guy, when he wins, he dominates. So it's interesting. That, yeah, it's a great point. And. If I knew the answer, then I'd do it. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll digest. And and this weekend I, on the eleven car, we just weren't, we just weren't fast. Um, I couldn't run a fast lap in practice. I couldn't run a fast lap in qualifying, and I certainly struggled on restarts, which is your fast laps um, today. So I I don't know. It's just very frustrating for sure uh you know i was losing my mind in there i was really loose at one time and chris i, I thought he was i i'd complained enough where i thought he was going to go ahead and blow up on me and just tell me shut the f up and drive um but he didn't he was nice he was like i got you just just keep giving me your best here like he was very patient with me when he knew i was on tilt uh so yeah i mean i thought that we had a, a good car in the long run, but we just, I don't know. We just got off there somewhere and I didn't do a very good job either executing, um, overdriving corners left and right, getting hung on seams left and right. I just couldn't like you, you hang your right front or right rear on a seam at that track. The seams, I bet you are an inch wide gap. So when we run our tire over those seams, so you see it in the racetrack, each lane, right? And there's, those seams are broken apart, and they keep getting wider. So when you run across it, if you don't cross those seams really, really quickly, you'll get hung on it, and it'll take your car will just follow that line. So it's um, it's I mean it's like half a second of time, which is a ton in that in that type of racetrack. That the difference between executing, running the right line and in a good lap, and being like I was. How much how much passing takes place because a guy does that? That's most of it, especially at the end of the race. I noticed on those late race restarts where I got a few spots back, it was because someone hung hung a tire in the seam. Um, if you saw it, you can't really see it on TV, but if you look really closely, um, those seams are really wide and they're not filled in with anything. So that's just contact patch that your tire is not having with the asphalt surface. So. Again, you got to cross them really, really quickly to the right and to the left, um, or you got to stay in that lane throughout the whole corner.
Is that what makes certain drivers better at this track than others? Well, Run the 19 it. didn't look like he hit many seams. I mean, I'm, there's no question he did, but he was probably so out, so far out front that myself, I, A, I couldn't see him, and B, TV probably had other battles to to watch uh, during the time during that time. But yeah, it happens to everybody. Um, you know, literally, if you're just a little tight and you're like, oh boy, and then bam, it catches it and it just takes your car hard right. So it's very, very difficult. And a lot of times that you see the mistakes on in qualifying is because of, because of that. What is it about, uh, the inside line on restarts that just, it's not, never takes off. It's really weird. So that usually is the case on tracks where the, the track is, is the, the, the surface is coarse. Um, and on the straightaways, the track is actually pretty coarse. In the corners, it's not. It's pretty smooth. It's why tires don't wear out that much. But on the straightaway where we take off, where the front two cars take off, you see it's much lighter asphalt. Um, well, it's also a lot more coarse, so it's got a lot of rocks in that. So the person who – so if two cars were to take off, right, it's the person who is the leader – he knows when he's going, right? He, he's he got it in his head. He knows how much throttle he's going to apply to keep the tires from spinning. Well, the second guy, you you have to be reactive. So when you see the first car start to lunge, what do you do? Immediately, your, your, your reaction is to hit the gas really quick. Well, then it causes the rear tires to spin, and you're sideways, and you're holding the whole inside lane up. So it's if they took off the exact same time, I guarantee you that the grip is this exact same. There is no advantage for one lane or the other. The advantage is who's who takes off first. And the other guy, when he has to react to the leader taking off, he typically spins his tires because he's applying too much throttle. Okay. So but you just you just saw it because the guy on the bottom, whether you were the the guy starting second or the guy starting fourth or sixth. You are at such a disadvantage yeah. taking off because the leader, by the time you hit turn one, he's a car he's left. gone, and then it's and everyone the guy stacked in up in the fourth, bottom. right? The guy in fourth, he's usually beside the inside, the the inside car. So, yeah, that's why the the outside lane is typically, you know, pretty preferred there, um, and why you saw you know the leaders taking the outside every time. We got to give uh, flowers to Storthaus Racing, who showed up yes. today. Yeah. Man, I don't know who runs Stuart Haas's uh, social media, but man, they they get just drugged through the mud with every social post that they, they just. But yeah, they they deserve their due this week. Eric Amarola was running great. Uh, I, I wrote down there's a lot of loose wheels. The twenty, the forty two, the ten, all with. Well, the twenty was able to come in because he felt it under the caution. The forty two and ten, I mean, holy moly, the forty two, he just can't stop hitting stuff poor noah uh has, has had a horrendous year it's that's the only word you can use to um explain it you know their cars obviously have been off um and it's really hard to show up to the racetrack every week when when you know that you know your, your cars don't have the speed and then you know with the mechanical failures and blowing rotors and stuff like he had at gateway and um tires falling off here at uh it's just tough, tough, tough year for Noah, and I'm sure he's looking forward to next year for sure. Yeah, Harvick with a top five finish, Chase Briscoe with a top ten finish, as we mentioned. Eric Amarola was up front for a good part of the day. 
And then I'm Ryan, surprised we didn't see Priest. Well, we had a we had some we had some drama on pit road after the race between Ryan Priest and Michael McDowell. I mean, that's such a loose word. Dr- really, drama over two it guys was, talking. It was drama. Was it tra- Travis? Was it drama? It was not drama. They had a conversation. I think when grasping the, 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 at straws here. But. I think when the the level is so low for the race that we can I know. call it drama. Thanks a lot, Truex. <laughs> right. All right. Let's talk about the fight on pit road. Did you see Michael McDowell touch the back of Priest and him turn around and say, "No, don't touch me." Yeah, I did. It's drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got it worked out. It appears, but uh, I didn't see what happened. Uh, I tried to find it. Um, uh, I saw a little bit of it, but it looked like McDowell just went in there and kind of cleaned them out a little bit and ran them up the racetrack, and they both ended up way up the track. All right. Well, if that's not drama, as a teammate of Martin Truex Jr., is it your responsibility to not wreck yourself with a handful of laps to go to bring out another caution? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. That um, it, it seemed like people would talk about that more years ago but yeah certainly you it's the only way they were going to lose the race right is is something crazy happen um and so certainly you don't want to be the reason that a caution comes because if you bring out a caution and now you got a bad finish for your team and then the guy who is leading doesn't win either like it's a double whammy for joe gibbs racing so yeah certainly when it once it gets strung out like and you're Within five laps to go, 10 laps to go, it's like, okay, what are we going to get here? Can I get the next guy or not? Do I have any threat behind? Yes or no. Like at that point, you're just trying to keep your four tires on the asphalt heading in the right direction. Yeah. A bad day for for Christopher Bell to start on the pole, have yeah. such a good car, not execute early. And then did he have such a good car though? I think going into the race, the the talk, the chatter was this I is thought Christopher so too. Bell or Martin Truex Jr.'s race to lose. Yeah, I thought so too, but I don't know. I, he passed me twice. Um, I thought he had a good car. I, I there was times I certainly thought, man, he's got a ton of speed. But I mean, it certainly wasn't the speed of the nineteen. Not that I, not nothing I saw told me that he could run with the nineteen. That's for sure. Uh, but maybe the second best. Yeah. Um, you could probably give him that. Certainly it's tough when you go out there and you, you test like he did there, you sell on the pole. Certainly your expectations is to go win the race. But you know, when you, if, when you end up crashing, especially late in the race, that's, that's the worst because you've, you've run well all day and, and you just don't get the finish for it. But one person that, uh, had, who had the roughest weekend was Kyle Busch clearly, right? To wreck in practice and then wreck again in the race. That's called the trifecta, Qualify, practice, qualifying, and race. He, he wrecked in practice? Yeah. You didn't see him uh, hit the wall? For yeah, that was two? a backup car he was in, correct? No, they fixed after, it. After qualifying. Yeah. But in practice, he tank slapped it off a of turn two pretty well. And uh, so they had some damage they were fixing for the last half of practice. But he laid down such a good lap in, pra- in qualifying. His first round, he made it in just, just good enough to – Back that some in in the second in the second round have to go to the back so he uh, he said he fought uh, rear grip all weekend didn't have any of it and um, yeah he had a they had a rough week I will say that people's dislike for Kyle Busch is still just as strong as it's ever been because during qualifying this stands had to have been what ten percent twenty percent full 
And when he backed that thing in into the corner, everyone was cheering. It sounded like the were they cheering or were they like, oh, I think it was somewhere between oh and woo, (laughs) somewhere between that. It wasn't like oh, Uh, no, I think I think because uh, really because Kyle has switched teams and and manufacturers, he's the the approval rating has has. I agree. The reaction was loud. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't see many wrecks really during uh, during qualifying anymore. So, you know, the cars were that squirrely for sure. I mean, I was thinking when we went there that, oh, man, we, Goodyear said they brought a tire that's got more grip. So we're going to be faster on the short run. We're going to be slower in the long run. And it was like, oh, man, I, I can't touch the gas from lap one. Like, it's <laughs> just sideways. And, and really, the more laps I ran, the, the better it got. So. Let's uh let's touch on these standings with six races to go before the playoffs. We talked about them last week. You had said that Chase Elliott, there was no way that he was not going to make the playoffs, at least on points, and mm. another race down, and mm. he still finds himself 60 out. Mm. What's the official number? Travis can help me out here. He's still 60 out. <laughs> and let me give you this, Denny. Go, go, okay. Before this race... Uh, the biggest margin of deficit someone had overcome to get in on points was two. This is crazy. That's a stupid stat. Now, it's did not- Russell give you that? <laughs> he did. <laughs> I appreciate it because it's it's true. But what a su- what a stupid stat! Like that. That's like oh my gosh, he's three points. He would make history if someone from three points back made the playoffs. I mean, look. Lo- so here's my argument, right? If you look at what the cut, let's say the 16th place driver, they probably average 25 points a race. That's a that's a fairly educated estimate. So 25 points a race. So real quick, not counting stage points, where do you need to finish in the race to earn 25 points for people who don't know? Okay, good question, Jared. Very good. Um, so so it's 35 for second and then one position, one point per position. So what is that, 11th? Yeah. Okay. So let's say it's 11th. So you got to finish 11th with no stage points. That's about where 16th is running, right? I mean, sometimes they finish a little better. They get a stage point or two. So you got to be 11th, 11th to get 25 points. The reason I was so adamant about Chase Elliott being able to make it on points is because he is a guy who can get 50 in a race. And and we have two road courses coming up. He's won there, Watkins Glen, many times. Um, he could put a 50 spot up easily. So he can, in two races, do what the 16th place guy does in Four races. It's, I mean, it's, do I feel all warm and fuzzy about my prediction now? He didn't do me any favors. That's for sure. He still makes it. I'm going to die on this hill. Chase Elliott is still going to make it, but I think it's going to be because he wins. To play devil's advocate about Chase or about any of these drivers that are significant, Significantly below the cut line and 
by significant, I'm saying anything in the double digits, is that you just can't afford to have any off weeks, right? If you're going to need to put up 50 points two to three times, you're not going to be able to afford to lose points. Like you're not going to be able to afford to go into a race weekend like this one and not pick up any ground. Yeah, that's that, kind of that, what I'm getting That's what's going to be tough. And you Especially always, considering you yeah. have Daytona as the one race before. And you always, yeah, right. So, so I said it in the media. You always have to budget for one more winner from the outside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's when you set your your goals for the year, you budget a certain amount of people making it. And in in the situation of the the guys that we're talking about on this cut line, the the four or five that that it is that are relatively somewhat close, they're all. They're hoping there's not a new winner, but they're they're probably budgeting for it. They're probably looking at uh, is Bubba Wallace fifteenth currently fifteenth. He, they're probably probably looking at where he's at or whoever is in fifteenth, because if you just work off of sixteenth, you're probably going to get roasted in the in the final race at Daytona. You just have to plan for it. Is it likely? Actually, no, it's not. But you still have to plan for it. It's the it's the race that's got the biggest X factor of attrition, and anyone can win. So I I don't know. I I still think Chase makes it, but I think he makes it because he wins a race. But I mean, looking at the guys that he's got to run down, you know, they they're not just getting twenty five points every week either. Like they just they can have a bad race and, and leave leave the racetrack with three points. He puts up 50, boom, he's down 20-something in one week. Like, it can happen that fast. Trust me, it can happen that fast. I know I'm not going to give up till after this week. I wouldn't give up uh, on, on, on pointing himself in. Chase Elliott fans, let's hold hands. <laughs> we are going, we're going to, we're going to unite and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna will this thing to happen for you guys, Travis. I'm gonna need that clip uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, let's 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 just. I trust me. They're they're saying prayers for him. They're um. They they got the 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 battery cables hooked up to the '69 Ford pickup truck, just ready to ring that siren. I wonder, will they ring it if he makes the playoffs? Uh, I think so. Because I think the way he's going to make the playoffs is he's going to win Watkins Glen. And then they'll right ring it. Awesome. You can be for sure of one thing. His teammates are going to let him go at every turn. Minus they, Bowman. They, uh, why? Because Bowman, Bowman can't let him go. Bowman's in the same yeah. situation. Yeah. Well, you won't have a situation like last year where Larson... You know, used him up, kind of. <laughs> Let's restart. That won't happen for sure. Uh, all right. Well, hey, still rooting for you guys. Not to beat Bubba. Don't beat Bubba, please. He's another guy we we need to talk Just about. Beat, on, beat beat the rest of the guys. Bubba's another one we got to talk about on this cut line because he was below it last week. Now he's above it in the fifteenth after a, a top ten day. Yep, he had a, a solid day. They had you know. Him and the forty-five, they put together a solid race. I, you know, I haven't completely gone through their day yet. Um, again, I just got home, um, but but it, they didn't have anything detrimental 
to happen to him. You know, I saw that Tyler uh, lost a few spots first pit stop. But, I, you know, Bubba, I, I was racing around him um, a little bit during the day. But, but yeah, I mean, those are the solid days that you you got to have them. Right now, they've got to have these kind of days where they pick up five stage points. Somewhere in that range, then go finish seventh to tenth. You know, you, I, I get it. You want to go. You want to go for the gusto. You want to go get a top five. You want to go win the race. He wasn't going to win the race today. There was just too, you know, the 19 was too strong, right? It, it, you have to just manage the race, manage your expectations, and get a solid day. And trust me, uh, they're, they're leaving home or leaving the racetrack feeling a lot better than they did, uh, you know, coming in. Michael McDowell's another one who said last week that he really just wanted to go into New Hampshire, have a top 15 finish because it wasn't one of their best tracks. Uh, and he did that. He, he stayed above the cut line. Yeah, that, that team's scratching and clawing. I mean, like the minute you think, well, they're they're not a big team. They're not gonna they're not gonna have enough speed. Like they show up with speed, and so Michael's doing a fabulous job. I think that uh, front row in general deserves a lot of credit for stepping up this year, especially in a in a year where clearly, um, you know, the the manufacturer itself is not at its peak form. So I think that uh, they're doing a phenomenal job. They're executing well, and Michael's driving the wheels off of it. Travis, uh, you might be able to, to jump in here, but they talked about on the broadcast, um, I believe it was midway through the final stage, uh, that Suarez had made a, an aggressive call to stay out late uh, and not pit for tires when everyone else did, which was aggressive. I think it ended up paying out for him in the end because he didn't fall too far behind the cut line, but I don't know what happened because he stayed out for a while. I miss, I know, I think Jeff Gluck missed it too. Then all of a sudden he's like 21st. So I don't know if he had a bad pit stop or something, but I think the risk paid off originally. And then I think something happened. They had a bad pit stop. I read, uh, thank goodness for NBC's what the driver said. So I, I, you know, it's very hard for me to come in here and, and be educated talking about the race, but you know, you guys do such a great job preparing me, but it's, yeah. So I read his comments and he basically said that they had something going on with the car that made it very, very difficult to get the right rear tire on and off all day. And so they kept losing spots because of that. That was, I think there was a lot of mistakes on pit road today. I don't know if it was more than usual, but it just felt like a lot. And you wonder if teams are starting to press a little bit. Could be definitely could be for sure. Uh, again, you know that track position means so much. It, it's funny because when you looked at the what drivers said, like 80% talked about either the word track position um, or traffic. Yep. Those words were in like every driver's comments. Traffic, track position. It's just a different one. You have to execute nowadays different type of racing. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Blaney was the one it looked like to give Truex the most run for his money and then comes down pit road and runs over uh, his hose and then sends the back penalty and his day's done. Yeah. I mean, it, the days of, you know, being able to come back from a speeding penalty, it's just not or any penalty or any penalty, yeah. right? It, it's just, it, it's almost impossible. It's just the, it's harder to pass. That's just the facts. Before we get to dear Denny, uh, dirty mo media is headed back to Bristol with its extravagant, all inclusive ultimate experience tailored specifically for dirty mo media fans. 
Join us September 16th for the NASCAR Cup Series Bristol Night Race and enjoy a luxury VIP suite experience that includes parking passes, appearances by hosts of Door Bumper Clear, free oh, swag. Oh, no, really? Those guys? <laughs> yeah. You get to hang out with them while the race is going on? Sounds Who's spotting the 23? That's a good point. <laughs> maybe, maybe Freddie's not included in, in, okay. in the actual He'll make a uh, stop before. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, but also maybe he isn't included. It's possible. All right. Free swag, all the food you can eat, and all the beer you can drink. Tickets sold out well in advance last year, so don't wait. Get your ticket today at dirtymomedia.com forward slash ultimate experience. Yeah, get them quick. I know this sells out pretty quick. They, they've done it at Las Vegas. Uh, Bristol night race. I mean, doesn't get much bigger than that. Um, Hey, and they don't have dirt on it. So like, you know, this is a great race to go to. It's, I was wondering, should we say that, that Bristol night race is a major people are kind of teetering on that. You know, we lost one with losing, losing the, uh, Indy uh, oval, but it's, it's definitely teetering. How do you feel about overall adding majors into an equation where they weren't initially there? Probably not. Probably not. You think we can entice them if like Jared stops by the suite? They can do a meet and greet with Jared. Oh gosh, Jared, you might sell less tickets. Hey, <laughs> no, 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 no. They want to see number five sixty. You have to wear your vest though. Yeah. Okay. So Mike Davis, work on that. Work on getting Jared up there to uh, say hello to the folks. He will bring his own hero cards. Dear Danny, we've got some questions that we want to ask. Tried to ask Junior, but his answers were lame. And with DBC, it was more of the same. Now we're calling on you, because you're our only hope. This ain't the racetrack, so maybe you won't choke. Dear Do you have any say in two verse four tire stops at tracks like this? Um, I tried to let my team handle that. You know, I have feelings on it. You know, he, he gives me the code. I look up, I see it. And, you know, sometimes I'll give him the, uh, uh, man, really? You sure? Or sometimes we'll be like, yep. Like today, you know, every time he, he made a call, I was like, yep. Because inside the car, you, you have an idea of how much grip you've lost. Do you need tires? Do you not? What do you need? Track position or do you need, you know, four tires and grip? You know, again, with it, the, the way the tires ended up playing out, we thought they were going to be more important than what they really were. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really try to let the team do it because they have so much more information. It's Sometimes you can get caught in a cocoon of being in a race car, not realizing what is the bigger picture. Well, when is the person around me pitted or the cars that were racing for the win? Sometimes it's situational awareness of, what does it take to finish what I'm capable of or winning the race if I'm capable? So you're only racing those cars that you think are in the same bracket of speed that you are. You're not racing someone that's in 10th, that they are 15th. They choose to stay out. You're probably, you know, and you've been up front all day. You're, you're pretty confident that you're going to put on, you have the, you have the margin to put on tires and then go past them like Truex did all day. So, um, I, I, I leave it to the team. Um, there are some drivers that like having a say in it, but I, I just think sometimes it just muddies the water. It certainly, um, makes it difficult, more difficult for the crew chief to make a, a decision without being, without emotion getting swayed into it. And then someone wants to know, can you honestly rate your restart ability 
10 being the best guy on the grid and one being the worst guy on the grid. Oh. I know what it was today. It was bad. I was uh, probably a three, honestly. What am I for my career? Probably a five, if I'm realistic and honest about it. I think that I, I, I always get, you know, if you look at the stats, I gain a lot of positions on restarts. I'm always kind of at the, t- I'm near the top. I, I didn't always, I wasn't always that way, but over the last few years, I've gotten quite a bit better in that statistical category. But there's a lot of things that play into that. Sometimes it's because you are fast and you've been up front. And if you have a bad pit stop, it's easier to pass cars that are in 15th than it is cars in the top five. So um, stats don't always tell the the, the honest answer. Um, I feel like um, I do an okay job, but not a, not a great job. Um, a lot of that is just my style. I, I typically don't push the car to the absolute limits in the short run. I just never have. I, I, I want I want to, but I don't I don't feel like like on days like today that I have the proper amount of grip to do it. Because what really sucks is me going out there and busting my ass on corner entry and then go from having a top five to top ten day to being Kyle Bush finishing last. Because the team, you know, it's like, what do you want, right? Do you want me to get the best day that we think we're capable of within one or two spots? Or do you want me to go for it, put my car at risk, you know, more risk to wreck and then having a really bad finish? So um, I certainly think that, you know, again, when my car is really fast, it I typically look pretty good on restarts. But as far as, you know, there are just some guys that are, really really good at it and better than others do you gauge that skill level based on how well you get through the gears and up to speed or is it how well you can drive an uncomfortable car in traffic it's both it's definitely the up to speed what are the moves you make in the first couple corners turns one turn two do you put yourself on the right lines you know if there's a long straightaway are you putting yourself on the top line to be freight training everyone on the inside line uh are you putting are you going three wide middle to gain a couple spots, you know, it's all about positioning. And I think that some are really good about finding the open holes before they actually get open. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a handful that are exceptional. Before we sign off here, this goes hand in hand with, uh, singing Kumbaya with the Chase Elliott fans this week, um, is that someone left a review I wanted to read. And this says, this is from, uh, underscore SRT four to give this person credit. Wasn't the biggest fan of Denny before, as I was a Chase Elliott fan, but listening to his show, I enjoyed Denny and have become a fan of him too. So it sounds like you can turn water into wine, right? That's the same? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... (laughs) This guy was a fan of Chase Elliott. Now, I was a fan. What's his name? SRT4. SRT4. Okay. Thank you for the review. Um, By the way, if you give us a nice review, we might read it as well. Um, Hey, I welcome... I'm welcoming of everyone, right? I, my job on this is to call, you know, it as I see it. I said on episode one, I'm not always going to be right. I'm definitely, you know, it's not always going to be the most accurate. You're probably not going to agree with it. If it's your driver and I'm calling them out, I call out myself as well all the time, all the time. 
I try to call it as fair as I possibly can. Um, I'm just here trying to give you an inside perspective of what goes on in that racetrack that you probably didn't see on TV today. But uh, I appreciate that. Uh, all of our fr- fans listening, if you would uh, give us a review, we'd appreciate it. And and yeah, let's let's come together for this. Yeah, if you want to leave a review, you can go to uh, at well Actions Detrimental on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and, and leave a five star review. But also, you can send anyone a nice tweet at Dirty Mo Media or at Denny Hamlin if you feel <laughs> like it. Yeah, make sure you're following Dirty Mo Media. They've got some. They've got some great podcasts uh, going on um, with Dale Jr. Download, Dirty Mo Doe, Speed Street, uh, a lot of good stuff going on um, with, with Dirty Mo. So tune in um, this week. We're going to Pocono. Um, people want to know if you're, this was another question. I left this off the dear Denny. People want to know if you're leaving the tape at home. Yes. Yeah, I, I got it. It's, it's, it's the, I, I have it stored somewhere. Ah, uh, that sucks. I mean, am I the, I'm just wondering if I'm the most unlucky driver. I mean, there's only been one driver DQ'd in 61 years. Like, Denny was raising his what hand. What the hell, man? Listening yeah, I was raising my hand. The, the audio version. Like, seriously, I just want to catch a break. Like, not have history made with my name on it in a negative way. Like, gosh, it's so frustrating. Hopefully, we bring speed like we did last year because that thing was awesome, massively fast. Had nothing to do with the tape, by the way. Hopefully, we can prove that <laughs> that to be the case. But uh, a lot's changed since then. Uh, it's been a while since we've been at Pocono. Uh, another track that's got great upgrades in the middle, great fan um, stuff in the infield. So come out this weekend, say hello to us, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>